Hey everyone, we've got another episode of Brain Dead for you, another after show, episode 107, right now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Brain Dead here at AfterBuzz TV. The power of euphemism, how torture became a matter of debate in American politics. Well guys, it's another week. We had a crazy one last week, yes. truly. Um, this one was a little bit more, a uh, little, little bit uh, less. I, I shouldn't say, it was still a good episode, uh, but we didn't have the tense uh, nature of the last episode in this one. Um, what, did, what were your overall thoughts? Of this episode? Of this episode. Uh, well, what did you think? I, the, the Kings did something that they've done in the past with The Good Wife. Um, they literally picked up right where we left off. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of the few times I think that they're pretty good about it where you get to see it in a good way. You know, so there's so many times you see the moment before and you're like, dude, we just watched that. You watched the show, you got... But in this particular case... Getting to hear Laurel kind of start that conversation with Gareth again, and mm-hmm. and get his reaction again, and and then satisfy the hook that they left us on last week by getting the rest of the conversation. Uh, just instantly was intrigued uh, and a little stressed out. This episode stressed me out <laughs> watching it. Yeah, to me, I liked how it opened up with where they left off because it just sort of set the tone for the entire episode, mm-hmm. and I think it t- made total sense. Like you say, they used to do that with the good wife all the time, and it really worked here because the whole episode is sort of Gareth sort of being in the background, seeing all these things and putting the things together. So mm-hmm. I really liked that, that it was really a lot of Gustav and Rochelle, which are just adorable. <laughs> I agree. It's a good yeah. match. And then to me, for Kurt Fuller to show up and (laughs) possibly torture Laurel. And this episode really should have been to torture or not to torture. Uh, Right? Right. (laughs) The uh, the title that we got, not quite that. But I I do question, because we were left off, as you mentioned, with a nice cliffhanger. And I felt that there was going to be more of a bomb drop when uh, when Gareth learned that she believes that these bugs are infecting people around D.C. Were you a little turned off by the fact that there wasn't much of a reaction from him? It was more of an analytical approach, taking everything in. Did you want some kind of reaction from him? I didn't feel like we got anything from him. And I I wanted that. I wanted him to either trust Laurel in the way that I feel like he has throughout this series or immediately deny her. But is that not his character to take the more analytical approach? Yeah, I think it was very in character because I have to say if it was me too, which I would be thinking the same thing, like I don't want to hurt this person's feelings by being like, oh no, being dismissive because also his opinion of her is that she's very smart and knows what she's talking Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. So of course he's... He's questioning it because it's insane, but at the same time, he knows her, so he's not really sure what to think. Right. See, and I, as far as not getting a reaction specifically from him, like, you don't feel satisfied, like, you got what you wanted, didn't cross my mind. Okay. Um, but I will say, towards the end of the episode, when he sees everybody hugging Laurel, and he sees uh, Gustav and Rochelle at the vote, and then he sees them immediately at 
Laurel's office. He had that look, you know, they, they give him a moment on the camera and it's like he's satisfied, like he knows he did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel like the fact that he 100% went against what his, I mean, he's, you know, on Red's staff, 100% was going against what Red would have him do to help uh, Luke get Laurel safe and, and just trusting that maybe she isn't safe, I feel like that was his reaction. Mm-hmm. Was trust first and, like, analyze later because he didn't have to be the sound, like, voice of reason to Luke. He could have said, Rochelle, Gustav, you're on your own. You know what I mean? To, to I guess, like, convince him that they have Laurel or to... Because I feel like if they had gone in, Luke would have just kind of, like, brushed him off. I don't think sure. he would have taken it so seriously, like, if you don't know where Laurel is right now and you can't get her on the phone or get her in person, then you need to find out if she's with um, the FBI. Sure. I, I guess, especially after the fact that, uh, or at least where I was coming from, is that when she made the prediction that you might think by the cars was playing on that gentleman's iPod, I, I felt like there was going to be okay. more of a trusting uh, nature, like, okay, you're right. This is a little peculiar, and yeah. I have noticed this over the past six episodes that people are acting a little strange, especially my boss, who happens to call a moment later, uh, asking about the exploding heads. Mm-hmm. And he calls in Mike the intern, which, I, did we have a bad feeling for Mike right off the start? I know I did. I know. I see this poor kid, and I'm like, something <laughs> bad is going to happen to him. <laughs> well, immediately, yeah. so the queen bee, or at least we'll call it the queen bee, crawls out of Red's head. What did you make of that as it happened? Because... He wasn't the first individual that we saw infected by the bugs. However, I do think that he is, he at least is the most um, visible, prominent individual who does have that. Yeah, definitely the most influential with Mm -hmm. his position. And so I feel that's why he's got the queen bee, as you say, or, you know, and I love now that they fly. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are some ants who do have, you know, certain capabilities, but that was a new development. Yeah. See, I didn't I I didn't take it to be the queen bee. I took it to be something in his head had evolved that it's a matter mm. of time that that would be something that multiple people could potentially have uh and that at first I was like, "Oh good, you know, he's going the like she comes out or he, you know, we don't know at first, just this bug kind of crawls out of his ear and mm-hmm. down his arm and you just see his hand to the food plate." And I'm kind of like, he's going to freak out. You know, like, (laughs) this is going to be one of those moments where maybe you realize you have something, but you don't know how to fight it. And so Uh you kind of have the Stacy situation. Uh Uh-huh. But obviously that was very much not the case. He 100% knew it was like he does this every day at snack time. Right. You know what I mean? That was interesting. I'm I'm with you. I was a little perplexed by the fact that he was self-aware of the fact that he had these bugs in his brain and it is working in tandem with him and that it's almost the voice. But I still do believe that it is a queen bee in the respect that, hell, it actually hatched eggs in the cherry blossom. And so I feel like it has that role, but whether or not it is the... the the top queen bee of right. all of them. Who right. knows? I but. mean, and, and maybe it's because you guys saying that makes me think, oh, well, maybe it is kind of the same hierarchy where there's going to be the one more leader type. But if she can come and go, it's who's to say she couldn't 
rotate or move. Sure. Yeah, between you know, if if she is the one and only. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I just feel like I don't know. She there's so many of them for her, and I, yes, she hatched a lot. There were a lot, but I, it it seems like they're growing faster than one queen could mm-hmm. put out there. I actually feel like it's pretty good special effects for for broadcast TV too. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I've been pretty satisfied throughout. I'd have to say. Just on a side note, a little plug <laughs> for the <laughs> for the CBS network, the guys behind the scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Red then, as Mike the intern walks on up, he feels his head before he had given him the cherry blossoms to, as we can assume, find out whether or not he is infected or not. What mm-hmm. did you make of that as a means of figuring out if he's got half a brain. I thought that was peculiar because everything that Gustav and Rochelle are discovering is that these bugs are able to communicate with one mm-hmm. another. Mm-hmm. And so for him to do that, I just felt was a little bizarre. If it were was just simply uh, just a throw-in, I don't know. I think that it was he was trying to make sure there was going to be some stuff to splatter. Ah, he, uh-huh. knew, he knew 100% that he was having that Mike was the intern come to, because... Um, he is on the What's FBI. This, He's yeah, on the, the phone of, with the FBI. The head of the FBI isn't willing to do what he wants. And so he says, well, I got to blow something up, somebody's head up on his face mm-hmm. and make him really feel terrorism. Yeah. And so I think he called Mike in 100% knowing your head's on a platter. Did yeah. you expect it to happen? To me, yeah, I knew something bad was going to happen to Mike. But yeah, when they're talking about wanting something to happen, it's like, what do you, who do you make do stuff? The intern. So he's like, all right, we'll just explode his head. He's expendable. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the one, the most unrealistic moment of the scene is the, in my opinion, is the fact that he hands on over a bouquet of cherry blossoms and expects the intern to take them home and keep them. (laughs) I'm thinking he's going to destroy them and toss them in the trash on the way home. Yeah, it's like, that's such a weird request. Like, here, take these cherry blossoms home to keep in your apartment. Like, yeah, Yeah. what what do you do with that? Some nineteen-year-old like, yeah. kid. I don't expect him to keep those cherry blossoms. Really? I, it's kind of like a mixed thing because it's one of those where you're an intern working for a U.S. senator. Uh-huh. Most people that get that sort of a position, they're not the kind of person. Oh, I guess like with where you work, if the CEO sure. came to you and said, "Hey, I need you to hold on to these flowers, take them home with you tonight," are you going to throw them out on your way out the door? Yeah, yeah, no, probably not. You, you know, have so. Point. For him, in in his role versus the hierarchy of the senator's kind of the cream of the crop for what he wants to do, you know, what if he asks for those flowers back (laughs) sometime? You know, what if you don't have them anymore? Uh, But I do get what you're saying, because had it been a female intern, I feel like it wouldn't have seemed as weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that that's a good thing to say or think, but... If yeah. it was a female intern, it could have been sex- seen as sexual harassment, right. but at the same time, a little less weird than giving a male intern some cherry blossoms. You know, so that's why, I, I mean, I hate to say, like, it seems like it would be more appropriate to give it to a girl, but I think it's just because traditionally men give women flowers, and so for a woman to receive flowers in any situation isn't going to seem as weird as a man receiving flowers. <laughs> Even though I think there's men out there that like flowers. You know, maybe Red was tapping in the bathroom stall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> no. I don't think so. Um, 
But, alright, so Mike's head explodes, the FBI director is now aware, or at least more personally involved in the fact that there are exploding heads that are taking place across uh, the country, or at least D.C., so sends Mr. Cornish, an FBI agent, on over to Laurel's office, and though he's acting like a constituent at the time, presents her with some disposable handcuffs and takes her in for questioning. So she's then questioned by a a psychiatrist and a doctor. And when they start talking about open hand slapping and then closed fist punching, what was going through your mind at that point in time? I was like, oh, this is about to get really dark here. Like, and, you know, but I honestly didn't see them crossing that line just because of the kings being behind Mm -hmm. this and you know i could have seen a slap but over that i was like they're not going to show much and i don't think they would do this to their main protagonist but then they did put bugs in her ear so who knows Mm -hmm. right um the first thing kind of she had the handcuffs but i'm thinking okay how come she had to get all the way from her office or you know the where she meets the constituents, sure. out to his car, van, or whatever. Right. How does that happen with no alarm? I, I was I was thinking the same thing. I guess he asked that question, all right, which hallway can but, we go down? But, I mean, you're still in a building a with large people, office building. you know what I mean? And in the parking lot, I can't imagine there's nobody coming and going. I'll just assume he's an FBI work. agent and he knows the way, you know. <laughs> he's, he's skilled enough in that art form of... But, I mean, he can't control what Laurel says. She could be screaming True. down the hall. True. Like It's not like it's a soundproof building in that sense. Uh, so that kind of had me thrown up. Uh, but when he started asking about that, I mean, I 100% knew that he was talking about torture. Oh, yeah. And, you know what I mean? And and figuring out, okay, how far can we go in, or I guess interrogation, I guess I wouldn't say torture specifically, until later on when... They brought up this whole appendix cue. Agreed. So, in that moment, though, what did you think of Laurel's personal knowledge of her own torture rights, per se? Because I was surprised that she was able to come up with that information that both chairs of the intelligence committees needed to have approval over this type of uh, this type of action before she is actually able to go through uh, with this torture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I, was very interesting. Yeah. I so Did two things. Yeah. If I remember right, they said something about that to her that they had the approval of the two intelligence chairs, mm-hmm. and because her brother is newly one of those chairs, I think that's why she said, "Wait a second. No, you don't. Obviously, yeah. my brother wouldn't have approved Good this point. if he yeah. knew it was me. Right. So I don't think she knew." Until they said, no, 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 we have the approval of the two chairs of the Intelligence Committee. And thankfully, because it's her brother, she knew that it wasn't his approval. Um, and and she that. may not have known that they had to get the new ones and was just kind of saying what she had to say to try to get to buy time or anything. Um, so, which, which I also thought was interesting because she starts to talk about the bugs. You know, of course, we see Anthony... Um, and I, I was slow to it because when he, when they said they were going to make him interrogate, and he goes, well, you know, when she sees me, or you know, she's going to tell you guys that I assaulted her, but she's lying. Yeah. I didn't. It did not click with me that he was talking about previously. Mm-hmm. I thought he was saying, she, like, when the interrogation is over, she's going to tell you I assaulted her in the interrogation room. You know, like, right. And like it was going to happen, and that's what she would say. Not. 
the second she sees me, she's going to say, he can't interrogate me, he assaulted me. And he has bugs in his ear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's sad to watch Anthony's character now, because I, I really enjoyed his character yeah. before he was infected. And at this point in time, he's, I mean, he's long gone. He had to go, otherwise there couldn't be, what is it? But that love triangle yeah. did not last long enough Garrett. in the show. Yeah, it was, what, an episode or two? <laughs> it it might have been, just an episode or two. Oh, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Love the love the love story is like so secondary or <laughs> thirdary. Not that that's a word, but and didn't, <laughs> and didn't you love how Luke and Laurel both almost made a general hospital uh, Freudian slip there? But how Luke and Laurel both thought about just stalling with just like telling these stories. It, it's oh, so cute how yeah. they both use the same yes. tactic. <laughs> Good catch on that. So we get to that point where Senator Healy and Red Wheatus are called into an emergency meeting because they are the two committee chairs. So they have to approve this Mm -hmm. Appendix Q questioning protocol. And the FBI director is citing this ticking clock scenario, which I have never heard before, but at least uh, it has some sort of sense of urgency. And Senator Healy, he's not buying it. Luke's not buying it at first. Did you think that he was going to sign that document? Because I was I was surprised that he, at that point in time, was satisfied with the answers that he was given. I guess that's mm-hmm. his character up to this point. But there have been shining light moments where when he truly sees a questionable situation, he will prolongate it. But yeah, I think with Luke's character is he does the right thing most of the time, just sometimes for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think he would have ever advocated torture. And Starman934 brings up a good point in the chat, just uh, fast, uh, rewinding a little bit. Does anyone believe Anthony when he said he was the only one infected? I do. Mm. I don't think he would have need to lie yeah, in that situation. I, don't think so. um, I think... It was a sad commentary, however accurate, I don't know, uh, on the fact that sometimes we as Americans or maybe government employees, I don't know the specific commentary being made, uh, sometimes we get a little too narrow-minded or a little bit too focused on just getting the job done Mm -hmm. and we don't really look at the big picture or we don't really take the time to use our, like, personal moral compass to decide if what we're doing is really ethical or moral to our own standards. You know, we kind of say, well, it's my job to do X, Y, or Z, so even if I don't agree with it, it's my job, so I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah, because that's certainly how I felt about um, Kurt Fuller's character, J.K. Cornish, Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. I feel like he was only doing that because it was his job. I don't think he was infected or anyone in the FBI other than Anthony. I feel like he was genuine in that because... To me, it would almost seem to his benefit to have more people infected there. I feel like for him, the way that the bugs communicate, or however that is, that, you know, divide and conquer. And I feel like if they felt like he was losing the battle in the team of people working on this whole situation with Laurel, they probably either would have infected one of them or brought in someone else from another department that abruptly and suddenly is now, you know, on the team because they're infected and it's going to be strength in numbers at that point. But I don't think, at least for now, it was necessary. You know, they were all doing what they were supposed to do, except the one guy um, that stayed on the phone with Luke Mm -hmm. and let him know by not 
telling him anything. Right. That, it in has, fact, they had Laurel. It has been the commentary throughout this show in that this show is trying to make us realize how we're not oftentimes thinking with our hearts and we're just letting things happen in DC without really questioning our own moral character. I think that's what this this series has done a good job of doing, just like we saw with that one scene a couple of episodes ago where you had the veteran who needed this research Mm -hmm. uh, in order to live and how Red was politicizing the whole situation rather than just doing the right thing. And I think that that has been a commentary throughout this this series to this point. Uh, To go along with the interrogation, you had... uh, the you had the situation where Laurel knew that that Anthony's brain is eaten by the bugs, but she was she was trying to say aloud, knowing that she was being videotaped and listened by others, mm-hmm. that she's saying, you know, this guy's got half of his brain eaten by bugs. She's vocalizing it so that either they think that she's crazy or she's truly trying to voice that opinion. I mm-hmm. think that she was mm-hmm. consciously trying to seem psychotic so that they wouldn't torture her. Was that what you were getting as well? To me, I That feel... she's smart enough? Because I feel like she's got enough wit to realize that. Yeah, I think that she there were elements of both. I feel like she thought either way it was going to come out well. Either they're going to think she's crazy and just not listen to a word she say, don't bother torturing her, or they might have already had some intel on what was going on and that they would listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think, I didn't get anything about her being aware that they wouldn't torture her if she sounded crazy. I thought it was 100% just she was trying to just as kind of a last to, resort, you exactly. know, just uh, this is the only thing I have is to tell the truth at this point. And she may have thought she was going to sound crazy, mm-hmm. knowing that that's what a lot of people's reaction is when you talk about bugs and heads and brains being half eaten. But I don't think that she knew that you have to be considered mentally stable to be able to be tortured. Right. To go along that, with the... I, I don't know, though. I, I And I'm, I'm 50-50, too. Mm-hmm. I guess the only defense in... The theory is simply that when she did bring it up, the psychologist who was watching uh, brought it up. He simply said, you know, if she is mentally incapable of taking these these tests, then we're not going to get anything. But you also saw in that in that whole re- that whole interaction, you saw the FBI director who was really not taking any bit of notice, just thinking whatever we're gonna try this anyway I have a job to do just like yeah exactly I have a job to do just like we saw back in the early 2000s when waterboarding was brought to our attention mm-hmm. you know it might not have any kind of uh, effectiveness but we're still going to do it anyway because it could work Right, which, and I, I 100% don't think that it was an accident mm-hmm. that that was what was brought up in the vote Oh, right. Totally intentional. So we get to that committee hearing, and Gareth slips Luke a note. So it was the first sign that Luke was going against his own boss trying to do the right thing. What did did you take notice of that? Yeah, I really have liked Gareth's character from the beginning, but this shows that, you know, he is willing to do the right thing, even if it could cost him his job, Mm -hmm. like, or his life. I mean, you see what Red did to poor Mike the intern. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So he slips him the note regarding controlled immersion, and that brings a line of questioning that 
causes Red to go off, and so he gets into a heated debate with Luke, and that ends up stalling the vote, and then suddenly this Chuck Hodges guy (laughs) disappears from the vote area, so we are left to just wait it out for a moment in time. But what did you think about... They brought back the old fling... Uh, that Gareth had with the uh, the blonde news reporter. Yes, I I was almost going to ask you when we were watching yeah. the episode if that was her um, or not. What did you think of her getting shushed on her own television show? And she was left speechless too. That was hilarious, in my opinion. <laughs> I wish that I could see that on real live TV. That was so funny. It was like she tried to say something. Oh God! And it was just a face. show. <laughs> this is why we don't have guests, so that would not oh, happen. No, just kidding. We wouldn't get shushed. No, we wouldn't get shushed. We would. We would hold our own. But we've got Gustav and Rochelle on the sidelines, but they're doing a cool thing. Oh, I love them. Yeah. It, so they're broadcasting these signals. This is probably, I think, the best part Agreed. of the episode. Agreed. Um, Their interaction the most, is the most fantastic. Forward moving of the plot with the bugs. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the the red. Queen lady, little lady, he calls her, you know. And the, and the, also and the very ending, moving. in the committee vote, I think that that's going to send at least ripples amongst oh, the right, inner Oh, right, right. Yeah. Um, Big episode. Yeah, so they're deciphering these signals, words, and the first word that they signaled out, which Rochelle... Uh, put Gustav in his place by actually showing a little bit more uh, intelligence in that mm-hmm. moment, yeah. saying, oh, let's try one single word and let's see what uh, can happen. Well, and before that, it was her idea just saying, wait a second, if you've recorded the message, obviously that message was put out on the frequency. Mm-hmm. Why don't we put it out like we're the, the message giver, like we're infected? And I love their interaction uh, when they found one, the jogger. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they lost the guy they were following. And furthermore, that they follow him and they are getting somewhere, which is really just right back where they started. Right. Yeah, I just love... I, I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. I love that they're like, oh, no, look, check out check out the jogger. Because I'm like, yeah, exactly. People who run for fun, they're weird. <laughs> you know they're infected by these bugs. <laughs> well, so they, so they get reactions from the jogger and then Scarlet. And bizarre yes. reactions they were. What did you actually make of what that word means? Does it is it more of a like an SOS type signal where it just kind of stops you in your tracks and makes them on the same frequency? It almost disables the person and puts them into a state where they no longer are themselves. See. I feel like, it, I mean, the the wording or the message legitimately had something to do with walking into a wall. Because if they just shut them down, the people wouldn't have gotten out of their The senators wouldn't have gotten out of their seats and gone in over and over, walked into a wall. So in if essence, it, was, it makes them brain dead. But I, like, but, I, but I mean, they could just be brain dead sitting there. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, it's specific. The specific action is I go guess, walk. I guess I'm just saying, like, would it sh- like almost stop. shut down the other part of their brain? Well, to me, it's just when I don't you think, think so. about it, because I like to put it in the terms of that these are ants and these function very similar to the way that ants on this earth in real life function. 
is frequencies can control ants' trajectories, like how they move and things like that. Like certain is frequencies this true? they react. Yes. Okay. Certain frequencies they react to. I didn't feel like it was really so much an actual message or words, but it was just the frequencies. You know, show them how to move. That's okay. how ants can sort of be trained by people. Then how come they were all like at different walls? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they were all doing the same thing, but they right. weren't all doing it in the same direction, if that makes right. sense. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, is they maybe took that idea, and just because of, you know, obviously, instead of making people march, like, say, you know... They so we're, we're just thinking too hard. Just, yeah, <laughs> and that's why doing. I'm like... Um, you asked a question yeah. you shouldn't have asked. I know, it's true. Yeah, because <laughs> to me, it's just having them do the same action versus, like, an actual right. trajectory. But they took that idea of actual... Yeah, right, well, and that's what I mean. Yeah. It was a specific message to... Walk into a wall. I mean, I don't know what the actual message was, mm-hmm. but that's obviously what the result was. Same with the hands up thing, right? Uh, which I was brilliant. Oh, this it was is great. why I love the kings as writers. So Gustav comes on in and he disrupts the vote. It was a last ditch effort to save Laurel, which. Gustav was totally un- unaware of. But again, he does the job. He saves the day for Laurel. Like did either friend. of you, as soon as Scarlet did that, did it come to mind yes. that this could skew the vote? Yeah, I thought so. You did? When oh, I didn't, the hands I was... went up, I'm like, okay, that's where they're headed next. Like, But I really didn't expect them just to sort of follow that guy and that happened. Um, but yeah, I was like, yeah, they don't know that the vote's going on, so that's the only way they could have got there, you know? Good call. No, I did not think of it at first. No, but. me neither. Um, and I liked that they had those people voting twice. They didn't just have people voting. They didn't wait to get the arms only for the no. Uh-huh. Although I guess they couldn't because if they had the majority for yes, they had to get those people to vote both times, confusing and up, negating yeah. yeah, the vote and its Well, capacity. and to me it also did the way of sort of showing the public, since this is on live TV and right. stuff like that, about what's going on. These people are clearly out of their minds. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and and so that was the other interesting thing for um, Chuck Hodges to have removed himself from the vote because since it was airing, he had to vote for it, mm-hmm. which he didn't want to do, and so he, you know, removed himself. But I thought it was interesting because we see that Laurel and Luke's dad is infected, mm-hmm. Yet, he brought him back for Luke. Right. Yeah, to me, so, it feels like maybe they're not completely out of their minds yet. They still have part of they their... Being, who, are you, who do you mean? Uh, Chuck Hodges, as well as his friend who brought him. Like, they don't seem to be, like, as far gone as, say, Red, who is clearly going towards this agenda. Like, Chuck and their father seem to have some sort of still of their who they were which well, I don't think Chuck people, is I don't think Chuck is infected yeah I don't Do think you, he I mean, was either because it didn't so. really show but yeah to me both of them seem to have at least somewhat like either you know like with their dad if he's infected it's new because he still tried to protect his daughter yeah the dad moment was right. interesting yeah. I was a little thrown off by that but we'll see we'll see in the next episode hopefully whether or not he is going to play a bigger role in that regard and whether or not him being affected is going to sabotage, whether right. it be Luke's career, Laurel in general. Um, it's funny that we were talking 
when we were talking about the double hands going up, mm-hmm. I was, I actually had in my notes when we were watching it, uh, I was going to talk about how Scarlet, when she did throw her arms up, I thought that was just an odd, bizarre thing. I just, I, I, so the fact that it was brought up later on, that that, that that moment in time, I thought it was just an actor's choice to kind of do something bizarre. Oh, um, like the note was not put your hands up, the note was... Do, do something. Like, cause a scene. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cause Type a scene. Thing. Or just in her way, just like become disabled. That's why right. I guess I asked that question earlier of what did okay. you think of that? So that's where my mind was at. Right. And the fact that that ended and that's up playing like, a role. The message for why they walk into a wall, I, I don't know. And I yeah. wouldn't have thought that was it uh, just from the guy on the stairs, the jogger that they followed. But when that's what all of the senators were then also doing, the interesting thing is. It didn't really give us any insight to it, uh, framing-wise, but was there anybody in the media? You know, did anybody else mm. in the room start doing it? Did not see Or was it, it yeah. only the senators? Because it's hard to believe in a room with that many people and the camera, you know what I mean? Right. There's got to be people in the media, because I think that um, not Gareth's friend in uh-huh. the media, the lady that was shushing her... Right. ...is infected. Oh, Definitely. yeah, she's totally You know what I mean? Infected. And so... Would anybody that was in the room also? Because it's like, well, wait, well, it guess, wasn't just senators then. Well, we were mentioning, or at least in the previous episode, they were talking about when when they were doing the crop fields uh, analogy with the uh, districts. They were mentioning how there were certain areas, certain hubs that were more uh, that that these cherry blossom trees and these bugs were more uh, frequently located in. And so my guess just just guessing uh the senators the lawmakers are all within that hub and i guess the less i guess the lesser people if you will in that regard uh are going to be in the outskirts or i guess the less influential individuals are going to be on the outskirts so i guess we're going to have less of that but but it's the media it's i wouldn't the media, say they're but less guess, influential no 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 i'm not i'm not saying that but i guess i'm just saying that We'll just assume lawmakers are making six figures or higher. They're going to be a lot wealthier. They're going to be in certain neighborhoods where these cherry blossom trees are that these news people probably won't be. Mm-hmm. Just saying. That's my that's my personal thought on it. But uh, after the fact, uh, after the committee meeting, you have Cornish and Laurel have an interesting little exchange. And we were talking about earlier how he was a moral compass at the end of the episode is that true did you did you feel that way because after he brought up the louisiana story and when his car broke down Mm -hmm. the american way that true people um of this country feel that uh that that homely uh caring uh behavior towards their fellow americans but when they get in masses they aren't that way yeah, to me, with his character, even in the first instance, he seemed like he was just doing his job. He didn't really want to hurt her, and, and that's how he started out and sort of kept throughout the episode. He's like, look, you know, I'm just doing my duty, just like, you know, a soldier would. And even though you may disagree with something on a moral level, it's all to protect the greater good. So, I mean, it's sort of one of those gray mm-hmm. areas. But to me, his character seemed pretty consistent throughout to believe that way. See, and I felt like... He was the only one I kind of, oh, he is, oh, he isn't, oh, he is, oh, he isn't, mm. as far as being infected, because he'd say something that seemed like he had to be, and then he would tell a story like that, where you're like, oh, okay, no, he's not, because I get where he's coming from, and in a lot of ways, I agree with the story, uh, because you think about, 
you know, a Republican and a Democrat just simply as friends, as neighbors can get along, you know, can have a great time, but the Democratic Party and the Republican Party don't work together the same way two neighbors would. True. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we may have, I'm, one of us is one, one of us is the other, like hypothetically, it's one of those things where we can sit and have a conversation or even maybe a healthy debate about it um, and understand each other because it's like, I don't think that anybody feels like, I want, I want somebody to go hungry. I want somebody, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the, in, as the masses, it's how you get to the results right. that I feel is sort of where the, the strong differing opinions come because everybody wants America to be a great country. Uh, it's just a matter of how do we make that happen that the masses kind of as stronger voices don't agree or don't get along the way that other people would. It's just like the needs of the one versus the needs of the many. Right. Sort of a big picture. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I was going to say the same thing in that he might be thinking from the perspective of what is for the greater good. And as he sees it from his perspective in his job, he knows that there is information, though this girl seems, Laurel, seems that she is a good person and that might she might not have this information, but it's possible that she could. And I can't take that chance for the greater good. So mm-hmm. his own morals is telling him this girl is a trustworthy individual, but in his position, he needs to look out for everybody right. else. Well, and I thought it was interesting, too. He didn't seem to have a lot of emotion while at work. Right. Uh, it wasn't until he was dropping her off that I feel like you really saw that. Like, he was kind of almost, like, off-duty almost. Mm-hmm. And he kind of opened up to her, like, you're lucky, you know? I've had to go through all of those things. And, you know, he didn't use any of that information during the interrogation or during the possible exercise of these torture uh, treatments or whatever they were calling them. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. But then he says, "See you, see you again soon," or you know, "See you later." Yeah. And it's like, well, what? I thought it was very curious that he offered her a ride to begin with in the interrogation room, and she had accepted. And I was questioning her her, her acceptance of that offer. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, to me, I felt like Laurel to an extent, understood his position and understood why he was there. And I felt like that's why they seemed to be able to reason with one another anyway. Mm-hmm. They had a good rapport and, as you said, you know, just doing my job. Mm-hmm. And so I see why she trusted him because, yeah, now that he's, you know, it said, you can't torture, he's like, okay, I'll just take you back home. And yeah. to yeah, go along I with, felt like yeah. it was a release of custody. Sure. And to go along with yeah. that very thought, uh, when he actually when he drops her off and she says, "Well, I'm going back to work because now his job is done, but she's got work to do now." Exactly. It was sort of a you know passing of the baton. Exactly. Well, it was it truly was a great episode. We were left with the cliffhanger that the father is in fact infected. Just a matter of to what extent, if there is any. Yeah, well, and what that what that means as far as. There, I mean, I would imagine he's politically going to be in line with Luke. Are we going to see him pushing sure. the agenda on Luke more? Or, you know what I mean? Is he going to be trying to bring certain people into Luke's fold? Is he going to try to infect Laurel and Luke? 
Yeah, and to me, I feel like we're at the point where Rochelle and Gustav have noticed this, and we know that he can't be infected to the extent of Red or some of the other people because of how he tried to save Laurel and, you know, affect change that could have been detrimental to the Bugs plan. But at the same time, it's just like, are they going to catch it in time like they did with Laurel? But I think if his agenda aligns with Laurel and Luke, he totally infected would try to save her. I don't, you know what I mean? Um, But there's an interesting, is there some aspect of love and protectiveness that comes from being family Mm -hmm. that maybe can outmaneuver the, like, logical side of, you know, what the bugs can do? You know, if he's infected, is there some aspect of family that somehow supersedes the bug, you know, Infection. Well, because if you do bring up the fact that the right brain is the key there, uh, the right brain, like with sex and all these things, endorphins mm-hmm. are released, say, when you're around your family and your mm-hmm. happiness. So that may be a little bit protecting him, being that these are his children. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, he, in theory, if he's infected, would start to be against Laurel and Gustav and Rochelle, all these people, because their whole thing is to stop this. So, right. But yeah, he doesn't yeah. know that yet. Not mm-hmm. yet. But let's go yeah. into our predictions. Ooh. Because I think that there are a couple now, of moments. You're after Buzz TV. Predictions. So, with Laurel and Luke's father... I do feel that there is going to be a moment in time where Luke is going to have to make a rash decision because he's going to realize the changes in his own father. And I think that there are going, by drastic measure, I think he might actually have to kill his own father. Yes, like that other Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers, that's (laughs) we can't talk about. No, but I truly think that 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 could actually happen because he's going to start doing things that are going to conflict with his own agenda, as you mentioned, and I think it's going to uh, it's going to become very relevant and it's going to cause a lot of conflict amongst the others and. If Luke sees Laurel threatened, as we've seen throughout, Luke's at his best when he's protecting his sister. And I think if he does have to protect Laurel, he's going to have to do what's necessary. Yeah, I totally agree that I see that happening, is that the further and further infected, if their father does happen to succumb to it, he will go after Laurel and her friends. And I see Luke being the one to come in and protect and ultimately join their side of being against these bugs. Because he seems to at least have a... He knows there's something going on at this point, too. Mm-hmm. So he's going to start questioning it. So, And the chat, SharkBoss1 has a good um, comment here. Theoretically, they could learn more of the language, like Rochelle and Gustav are doing, and possibly just create a message saying to the ants to crawl out of your hose. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good point. That might be That's interesting, interesting yeah. yeah. See, and I guess a little bit along the, the SharkBoss theory, I feel like... There is going to be something with family or or something that makes the relationship with their dad different. And almost like he's the first one, for whatever reason, that can be, like, aware he has them but want to fight it. And, you know, um, obviously more so infected than Laurel was, but um, somehow becomes almost like a subject of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then it's hard because... This other part of me, as far as predictions go for, like, next week, I don't think he's going to be in the episode much. Because with the teaser, 
you see that they find someone and they like have him taped up or tied to a pole. And so her dad, I don't think the fact that he's infected is something that they know yet. Right. Uh, well, I guess Gustav does, but you know, but I don't know that that really comes into play. I feel like something more pressing kind of pushes them away from that storyline and into the storyline with this agreed bug man, you know, whatever infected man that they kidnap mm-hmm. essentially. I don't think that it will be immediate, but I do think yeah. in the near future it will have to be a turning point for Luke's character but, because I think that's the only thing that can set Luke over the edge and yeah. as you mentioned, it's going to be the only thing that gets him to do to do something uh rash and 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 really I guess put him over the edge. Yeah. See, and I feel like I, I totally agree that he'll do something rash. And I feel like he may, it may be rash in the sense like, I'm going to commit political suicide uh. and just go all in with the bug situation. And that maybe by the end of the season, we see like it works. That's you possible. know what I mean? Like it's going to look like suicide, 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 <laughs> suicide. And then by the end, something happens that the lets America see. No, Luke was right to back this or push this agenda of figuring out what the heck is going on in our our city. We'll see. I mean, I don't know how at any point in time he doesn't realize that Red is infected in in the way that he's seen Red function. Who doesn't realize? Luke. To me, Luke Luke. probably is just like, I'm a crazy Republican. (laughs) Yeah, Luke hasn't bought into it yet. At some point in time. There's a lot of people. Scarlet, hello. There's a lot of people. I, I love Shark Boss One's idea here. They should host a Cars concert to draw everyone there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's brilliant. That is. That is. Well, maybe that will happen. Well, we have a lot to look forward to uh, on next week's episode. Uh, Courtney, tell us uh, how they can find you on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cohen C O U H E N. And I'm Lucretia Lyons. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And I am Kevin Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at the Kevin Ellis or on Instagram at KevinEllis25. Everybody, thanks for joining us this week on AfterBuzz TV's Brain Dead. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube all week long. We will be here next Sunday night as well for episode 108. Thanks for joining us, ladies, and we will see you guys next week. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 